Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcasts and the Buzz Radio Network. Former Arkansas Razorback baseball player Tyler Spoon. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Holly Questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and the <laughs> former head athlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. D1Baseball.com editor Aaron Fitt. And current Razorback freshman star Devo Davis. Mr. Ryan McGee. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. A Razorback great and current SEC Network basketball analyst, Pat the Shooter Bradley. Here are your hosts, Kyle Sutherland, Kevin Bohannon, and Porter Hayes. Welcome in to episode 225 of the one and only Hog Talk Podcast, live from the Heinemann Services Studios. I am your host, Kyle Sutherland, alongside Coach Kevin Bohannon. And whether you're listening on 106.7 The Buzz 2 or your favorite podcast forum, we appreciate you for coming to spend time with us. If you're on one of the forums, if you could please be so kind to hit that subscribe button and also leave us a written review and a five-star rating if you're on Apple Podcasts to help us continue to get our name out there and reach more people. The show is brought to you, as always, by our friends at Bet Online. They are your number one spot for pro and college football action this season with a new and updated website and interface. Even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% off your welcome bonus from your first deposit. And don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE. That is B L E A V to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't take, don't, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. They are your fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Arkansas won its tune-up game against UAPB on Saturday without any issues, 45 to three. The first string pitching a shutout in the first half, and then the second string, I guess you could say, lost. To the starters or whoever UAPB had had in, I kind of stopped watching it, at least paying attention as heavily as I did in the first half. But nonetheless, Cabo, you got to be happy that we got out of there without any kind of major injuries. Miles Slusher got a lot of valuable time, got burned on a play, but then came back around and, and got an interception. And so it's valuable to get get guys like him some time that are going to contribute for you next year when Jalen Catalan, who is out this year, will be gone next year and so it was definitely good to have a game where we could get our second and third string guys some reps it's like i told the fans yesterday look at this in the big picture no injuries played well the first half fundamentally uh there were a few breakdowns and a few laps in judgment and then you had uh some young guys get some really good reps and that's what you were looking for that's what you know i was talking to trey biddy on friday with randy rainwater and He's like, just get through the game unhurt, get some reps for the younger guys, and go on about your business. That's what Arkansas should do. It shouldn't be in eastern Illinois or eastern Washington to where we have to, you know, scrape by 21 to 18 or anything like that. So it was a historic atmosphere. It was a great event. Awesome halftime show with Beat It uh, by both bands from Michael Jackson. So, yeah, it's we're five wins, one away from being bowl eligible. So it's it's on to the next one. 
Yeah, and that's what it was all about right there. You talked about the band at halftime and them coming together. That was great for our state, especially for so many people that especially during the Frank Burles years, and everybody thought that it was Frank Burles that was the reason why we didn't, why Arkansas didn't play outside of, I guess, 1987 when we played them in the NIT tournament, that it was all Frank Burles' fault that we didn't play in-state competition. Well, he might have been a proponent not to do it, but I believe that actually started with Barnhill back in the day, who Barnhill was the one that actually hired him. It was either Barnhill or George Cole. I can't remember. We, this is a question for Rick Schaefer, of all people, but... Yeah, it was the the one right, and I don't know if it Wilson, Wilson Matthews yeah. uh, had anything to do with it, but yeah, it, Frank Broyles just carried on the yeah, tradition. Yeah, he carried on the tradition, and so yeah, I had actually always said I had been saying since I was a kid that it was going to be that I thought that Arkansas was at least going to play UAPB or Arkansas State once Frank Broyles was no longer with us, not just not the AD, and then of course whenever. Jeff Long took over in 2007. We, we thought that it might happen sooner than that. And that was the thing. As long as Frank Burles was still with us. And, of course, you always hated to see anybody go and, and uh, hated to see him pass in 2017. But it wasn't going to be until he was no longer with us that this was going to happen. And so, of course, you got the Arkansas State thing happening in 2025. And then we've played teams in baseball. We played them in basketball. UCA, UALR, I guess Little Rock. But... That halftime show was phenomenal. UAPB has had a great band for a long time. They haven't had a very good football team for a while. I think 2012 was really the last time that they had have really been any kind of competitive. But this was the first time that Arkansas has played an in-state competition in football since World War II. And so that was what was really good for the state. I think that most anybody that knew anything about football realized that Arkansas was probably going to have this thing out of hand within the first half. And so... Yeah, we understand that whole part. Yes, you're there to win the game, but it was really good for our state. And I, and I was pretty proud with the tournament. I think the f official sales were like 42, 43,000 tickets. Now, how many people actually showed up? We don't really know, but it looked pretty full to me there in the first quarter and, and most of the first half. Yeah, both the sides were, were pretty packed, and then the end zones were scattered, which is kind of what you expect. Uh, 11 a.m. game, non-conference, and, you know, but it was better than some of the ones we've had in the past where we've had 33. I think we had 31 or 33,000 for Missouri when we played them in 2019 it, when Barry Lunny was coaching the team, 24-14 uh, to 14 loss. So it was good for the Razorbacks to get out there in Little Rock, and, you know, the debate will go on forever. And I said the other day that fans will never decide this. It's going to be a money situation. It's going to be – who's ever on the board of directors. Uh, but I, I'm of the opinion we've played five games in a row now at five different locations. Just think back to that. Start in Jerry World. Then you go to Athens. Then you're in Oxford. Then you're at Fayetteville. Then you're in Little Rock. So this last stretch that we're going to talk about, the last third of the season, these four games are really critical in what bowl game they get to go to. Yeah, and we'll talk about that there in the second segment after the break on the breakdown of the last four games of the year. It's unbelievable that we're at this point, man. It's just, we talk about how fast it flies by. Not long ago, we're talking about how fast it has flown by through the first third of the season, and now we're at the last <laughs> third. And so, and Kevin, one thing that I wanted to get your take on is there's some that are saying that maybe this game wasn't good for our position. I personally think that this game came at the perfect time because it's right before the bye week. It's certainly Absolutely. the easiest one that we have. But then there's some, I've, I've seen this a few times, I think it's overwhelming that would probably agree with me and would probably agree with you, 
but there is some that think that this might not be good because we get just a tune-up game before the bye week when we're going to kind of I, – I don't really – I guess you could say get out of rhythm because you're not playing next week, but you got plenty of chances to heal up some wounds, clean up some things that you need to clean up, particularly defensively, and there's plenty of stuff offensively as well. We definitely want to get Trey Knox healthy so he can get some more reps at tight end. I know Hudson Henry played some. On Saturday, uh, that might have been the first time that we've seen him all year, or it's um, at least the second game. We haven't seen him much due to an ankle injury, but I would think that you do probably agree with me that this was by far at the best point that the game could could have come outside of just looking at it from the other side of thinking that, well, we didn't play anybody competitive. That could hurt us as we get to the final four games. Yeah, and Sam Pittman said yesterday, we needed to feel good. We need to feel good about ourselves going into the break. It, it's always tough to play eight straight games, and high schoolers do it. They play ten straight weeks. Well, now you got to buy, and conferences are crazy. You may get an off week thrown in there. But it, especially in the SEC, it's hard to go eight straight games for these guys. So they got to get out there, feel good about themselves, play a really good half of football for the starters, and then get those younger guys some reps. We we – you and I always talk about when the Razorbacks go into bowl season, that's when you like to get those young guys some, and freshmen that are enrolling early on campus and get them some reps. Well, you got to accelerate that process a little bit right now. Zach Williams had a great game yesterday. I know Markel Utsi with him being out of the game, it was perfect opportunity for him to step up and stuff some stats. He had a sack yesterday, which was really good for him. Nathan, is it Parody or Parody? Have we come to a conclusion on that? I think it's Parody. I'm pretty sure. Okay, Parody. Yeah, because his mom and Otis were talking on Twitter, and Otis had said something about how how people were mentioning it as parody. And so I guess yeah. it is. I think believe it is Parody. But, yeah, I was going to bring him up next. Just extremely happy for that kid because he's been essentially just getting pummeled all season for catching punts and fielding them like they should be fielded. Yeah, and that's what you have to have back there. I remember, and, and I forget, when we were doing the Gridiron Icons with uh, Scooter Register, he said when he got to El Dorado, they didn't have anybody that could catch punts. So he, he took two outfielders from the baseball team that were wide receivers at the time, and they were going to field punts. They weren't going to let that part of the game outdo them or beat them. And Parody, or Parody is the same type of person, but he showed some wheels yesterday. He got out there, took it 80 yards. First punt return since Joe Adams against Kansas State uh, to go for six. So it was really good. And then you got to see Bryce Stevens, the other number 14. He was in there uh, on the last punt return of the game. He showed his electric ability in the return game. But Dominic Johnson stood out to me and I think stood out to the coaching staff more than anybody. Sam Pittman even went as far to say he's our number one back, if not our number two. Uh, when you have him and Rocket Sanders in there, they've kind of passed Traylon Smith up. That's that's completely. how that's how I view it, I, I, and that's how you view it. So going down the stretch here, we've got a lot of options. The one thing we need to step up on offense, we need consistency in the number two spot. We've been saying it all year long. The Razorbacks need to be more consistent in the in the passing game with their receivers. Now. Having a tight end back, Kern called a touchdown. We that's great. Giving getting Trey Knox in at tight end, H back, whatever you want to call it, Hudson Henry. That's going to help out the passing game with KJ Jefferson. But you had Warren Thompson drop three balls. Devion Warren finally showed up. He hadn't been anywhere all year, and then Quaylen Crawford finally got in the game. So 
if we're going to win three out of these last four, like we're like you and I are hoping, they need that that number two and three receiver to step up. Yeah, I was really disappointed in Warren Thompson. I figured that he would have done a lot more. And uh, I know that there was a few guys that, uh, of course, Jaqueline uh, or uh, Keytron Jackson caught a touchdown pass. But and I know that there were some that were hammering the number twos a good bit just because Malik Hornsby didn't really move the ball. He only had 19 yards passing on one of five. But I don't really buy into that a whole lot just because, again, it is the backups and you just never know what could happen. We saw that at some with Austin Allen when he would come in and they didn't really move the ball in some of his garbage time that he had played. And we've seen that with other quarterbacks too. So I don't really buy into that a ton. And without, we're going to hit a break here in just a couple minutes, but without looking too far ahead, I think the thing that's concerning the most for me is we did get some guys like Chris Poupal. He got hit in a little bit uh, to play linebacker there. And I believe Keelan Burrell and some of those younger guys, but we've talked about the problem that we'd had at linebacker prior to 2020 and you lose Grant Morgan next year. You lose Hayden Henry next year. You might lose bumper pool. He might come back for especially now that he's able to make money, he might be come back next year and be the true leader at linebacker for this defense and try to up his draft stock. I don't really know what's going to happen, but Kevin, if you lose him, we're, we're in, we're in some dire trouble there. And again, I don't yeah. want to look too far ahead, but that's just something I was watching the game. You know, Erica, Lord bless her heart. She doesn't really know her head from her elbow in terms of football. She watches the games with me, though. But she, but I told her, I said, you know, because she loves Bumper. She actually calls him. It's an inside joke between us. We, we call him Boomer because that's what she thought his name was yeah. last year. So it's like an inside joke between us. And so I was thinking about it. You know, she was like, is he coming back next year? And I said, well, he's got another year of eligibility. And then I started thinking, I'm like, oh, boy, oh, boy, this – this could be an issue. And and so, yes, we've still got four games left. Possibly, well, probably going to have five games because we're going to be bowl eligible. I certainly think we're going to win at least one of these last four. So we'll have five games left. But it is a little bit scary for me to think about that and the linebacker situation next year. Yeah, and, you know, Andrew Parker, Deion Edwards, those are the guys that are in – and a lot of people – when they were watching the game and that second and third unit were in there on defense, they're like, who are these guys? Yeah. That's your, that that's your future. <laughs> I mean, let's just put like Jackson Woodward from Little Rock Christians, a walk on. He, he, you know, had a few sacks. He had a really good hit on the sideline. I think on a punt return, he's been more of a special teams player, but you're right. Uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to go to the transfer portal? Are you going to get a linebacker out of there? Are you going to really run a true three, four defense? to the fact of where you have not just a Jack, but somebody like Trey Williams, who's 6'4", 255, that can come off the edge in a two-point stance. That Barry Odom will have to change his defense a little bit because he's not going to have the linebackers to do it in the middle like you have right now. Arkansas fans need to be very fortunate in watching the rest of this season knowing that you got Grant Morgan, you got Hayden uh, Henry to go out there along with Bumper Pool and make tackles. So – Kind of like you, they need to find some things quickly or go to the transfer portal because I don't see anything after the after these seniors that you know makes my head perk up a little bit. The first thing that comes to mind is: Does Missouri have any linebackers that we can take <laughs> the portal? Because Barry was there; he got a lot of defensive linemen last year. But seeing how Missouri's defense has played this year, I don't think I really want any of those guys from that side of the ball. So I don't know that we're going to get that lucky as we yeah. did with Trey Williams and Markel Lutzi last year, but 
But we're up against a break. Uh, right as soon as we get back, we will discuss the final four games of the season and see how we think the Razorback will fare. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcast and the Buzz Radio Network. Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. Tackle your to-do list without breaking your back or getting your hands dirty by calling Heinemann Services. Located in Northwest Arkansas, Heinemann Services is your premier company to get those projects done that you've been putting off. Whether small remodels, lawn care, carpentry, and much more, they take care of you in a timely manner with exceptional customer service. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Back on episode 225 of the Hog Talk Podcast. Kyle Sutherland and Coach Cabo here with you. And I'm going to tell you guys about our friends at A-plus Insurance in Ozark, who is sponsoring this segment. They have you covered for your home, auto, life, and recreational policies. Check them out on Facebook at A-plus Insurance Center. Visit their office at 312 West Commercial Street, or you can contact Marcus Berry or Melinda Gregory at 479-667-3626. That's 479-667-3626. A-plus insurance center in Ozark, Arkansas. So the final four games of the year, you got Mississippi State after the bye week on November 6th, then LSU, Alabama, <clears throat> excuse me, and then Missouri, you finish off the year there. And, uh, and Kevin, on paper, we should, you would think, go at least three and one. And, and again, that's on paper. There's on paper, we probably should have beaten Auburn Probably, man, maybe should have beat Ole Miss. They're pretty good, I think. But definitely I I like our chances against Mississippi State. I just don't – you know how I feel about the Mike Leach offense. I think that we can defend it. I don't think they're very good. I know they had a pretty good win over Texas A&M. But other than that, I I definitely don't think that they're really close to competing in the SEC West. Not that necessarily we are, but I definitely like our chances. I I don't know that we're going to have the kind of game that we had against them last year when we took them by surprise. But Mike Leach just doesn't really adjust very well. He pretty much sticks to what he knows. We're second in the SEC against the pass. I know that might be surprising to some people, but we are, defensively we are second. And then they, as far and against the run, we're not very good. I think we're like kind of towards the bottom half, maybe around the middle of the pack. But Mississippi State only averages 48 yards per game, which is very close, uh, pretty much dead last by a, a long shot. And so. I really like our chances against Mississippi State, especially coming off a of bye, and so I think that they'll take down the Bulldogs again. Yeah, I have no doubt that we go in there, play. I think Barry Odom is going to have the defense ready. They're going to throw the ball. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Will Rogers comes in averaging about 360 a game. They've thrown for over 2,600 yards already. They kept Vanderbilt down, beat them, I think, 45-6 to six or something like that. But we should – our offense should roll. And defense, if they play smart, read their keys, cover everybody up, it bothers, worries me a little bit that safeties have given up a little bit over the past couple of weeks with Catalan out. They just have to make adjustments, and that's the big thing. LSU, they cannot find an identity. They got up on Ole Miss yesterday, 7 to nothing. Then at 31 straight points by Ole Miss and Corral not throwing for 300 yards. You can run on LSU. 
bodes well for us. Uh, and then Nussmeyer came in for uh, Max Johnson yesterday, so the quarterback situation may be up in the air. Really like our chances there. Alabama, it, it's Alabama. Bryce Young's figuring out he can move the ball with his feet too, so that does not bode well. They put 52 up on Tennessee, uh, ran away with that game late. And then Missouri, uh, it, it's, it's as my dad calls it, crap through a goose defense. Uh, or another uh, analogy would be nature, nature D as in Mother Nature, because the only thing that can, you know, everything's getting through it, wind, everything's blowing through it. So, um, I'm like you. I like three and one down the stretch, ended up eight and four. Yeah, with LSU, that one's just completely up in the air for me. Because are we going to get the the team that played against Florida? Or, like, that's just going to play for their coach, they're going to play for their university, and play out of their minds pretty much. I mean, they put up 49 points on a pretty good Florida. I know that Florida may not be the team that we thought they once were whenever they kept Alabama, I think it was like a 32 to 29 game or something like that. But to me, I, I'm hoping that because we get them after the, we get LSU after they play Alabama. So I feel pretty, and that's boated. I, I think we have had that happen quite a few times, but particularly in 2014 and 2015, that bode well for us. We beat the brakes off of them both of those years. And so hopefully you would think that, because we've never beaten Ed Orgeron. His first year right. there, I think, it, actually, we might have been his first game when he took over as interim head coach. We were like his first or second game. We've, the closest we've come was Chad's first year in 2018. It was 21-14. to 14. LSU, we were awful, but LSU played a really bad game. And so – that's, Last that's year, we only lost by two, two or three right, right there. So right. yeah, forgot. yeah, twenty twenty. That's right. We got really close. My, my apologies. Yeah, that right. That was the year. That was the game that we uh, had our guys out due to COVID. So we were close last year in twenty twenty, two thousand eighteen by a touchdown. Every other year, it's been an absolute blowout. And so I'm hoping that we get. But just because of Arkansas's luck, I'm not definitely putting a uh, stamp on it that we're going to to take care of business there. But uh, you know, I don't know. I, I feel much better about that one than I do the game that we have the following week. Alabama, I know that some are saying that Alabama may not be the Alabama that we typically see. I don't really care. They're still much better than far superior to to Arkansas. And you can say all day that we beat Texas A&M, Texas A&M beat them. It is the SEC. Anything can happen. But I just don't think there's a snowball's chance in hell for Alabama. I don't either. And just because A <laughs> – at Alabama, B, it is Alabama. Come on. I mean, let's, uh, you, you and I think are, are more down to earth than a lot of people out there, and we, we consider ourselves realists. I think we've picked Arkansas to lose more than any other, uh, call it media personality, in the state. That's just how we see it. So, with that said, Will Anderson's leading the league in sacks. Bryce Young is second in passing yards, only 100, I think, behind Will Rogers. And Bryant Robinson – or, yeah, is it Bryant? Bryant is not Byron. Uh, the Robinson kid is, you know, top five in the conference in rushing. So, they, Brian Robinson Jr., yeah, he's got over 700 yards on the ground. They can beat you through the air on the ground. Defense has given up some yards and points this year. They're not as good as Georgia, but they're still Alabama. And even if you go, so there's, we think that we could definitely, there's a strong chance. Cause I, I certainly, if you lose to Missouri this year, that's by far going to be your worst loss. They are a no bad doubt, no doubt team. There is no question. This should be the year. We have not beaten them since 2015. You've got to win that game this year. Just no questions about it. And I'm not saying Pittman should be on the hot seat or anything like that if we don't win it, but it's, it's definitely going to be uh, really bad. 
but even if you go two and two in the, in those games, you you exit the regular season seven and five. That is far beyond what I think that I know that I had us at five wins. Most people, I, I felt like the resounding was six or seven. You have either met or exceeded the expectations at that point. And then you go play a bowl game and you got a chance to possibly win eight games, which we have not done that since 2015. So this has been, I know that there's plenty of people that are extremely down right now because as far as the fan base, which it doesn't really matter, but as far as the band, the uh, fan base is concerned, yes, it might be a little bit of a downer because you start off 4-0, you're pretty much on top of the world, you're eighth in the country, Sam Pittman's getting all these media things nationally, all these media requests nationally to come on shows. Apparently, that I, I think that they were actually mentioned, it may have been Rick Schaefer and Randy on Drive Time that like Kyle Parkinson might be the most stressed out man in America right now because he's getting all these. Re- he might have to like change his number or get a second phone because of all the media requests that he was getting for for Coach Pittman. And so, I think we're in a perfect spot. Or I don't want to say perfect because we're you know we are five and three, but we're in a much better spot than we probably could have predicted. If you would have told me that we're five and three at the break, I would have maybe thought we might have four wins. So I, I, I'm kind of around where we were i didn't think we were going to beat texas or texas a&m so yeah i guess we I'm, we are much better than what i had predicted prior to the season but i i love i love the spot that we're in and i'm very proud of this team for what they've the, you know these guys are obviously like grant morgan and all these other hayden henry these guys came back to to put this this program on solid foundation i think they started that last year and they're going to continue to do that yeah, and especially with the recruiting classes that Pittman has coming in, I had the ceiling at seven. And that is just if, – if everything broke right and we picked off one or two that we weren't supposed to, we'd get to seven wins. So, for us to be in a great position to do that just shows you how far this program has come. Like you said, you've had guys like Grant Morgan, um, Henry, Poole, Myron Cunningham came back. You know, we had 12 or 13 super seniors that came back to want to see this thing through. They could have just very well gone on and got started with their life, with their career, whether it be in professional football or in the business world. But they want they love the university. And that's something that you have not seen out of this team the past, you know, four years. So for them before Pittman got there. For them to see that, you get more alumni that are coming back to games. You get more money. That's when facilities get better. That's when recruiting gets better. Everything just feels better. The sky's bluer. Everything tastes better. All that good stuff. So with that coming up, yeah, you still got to play tough schedules because you you ask for this. You're Arkansas. You're in the SEC. You're in the best conference in America. Own it. Accept it. Take advantage of everything that's coming to you and enjoy this. You don't. Everything doesn't have to be gray skies and you know rainy days just because things aren't quite going your way. We're on the upswing right now. We're trending up. Let's enjoy it. No question. I could not have said that better myself. And not only do you get to come off a a dominating W off of an in-state team, you've got that, and then you've got to buy a bye week to relax. Not only do the Razorbacks get to get healthy and kind of lick their wounds from some of the some of the games that have uh, been disappointing over really before UAPB. We get to enjoy some football games stress-free NFL and well, I guess depending on who your NFL team is, I get this week is my stress-free week as the Cowboys are off. But next Saturday, we as Razorback fans get to watch college football stress-free without a dog in the fight. And so until we play Mississippi State back in Fayetteville on 
November 6th. And Cabo, before we get out of here, got to give a shout out to the basketball team. I know we were down by at least about 10 points at the point that we were uh, recording. I think the last that I had seen was 60 to 50 in favor. 62, 57. And then they went on a run. And then, yeah, went on a run, end up went and won the exhibition 77 to 74. Who is we were East central university was who we were playing, right? Yeah, they, yeah. they play in the, the GAC, the Great American Conference, with Henderson State, OBU, a lot of those guys. And this team, we only shot 13%, 12.5% from three-point range. Uh, a couple – we had four people in double figures. Note Davis, Tony had a double-double, hit 15 rebounds also. And Jalen Williams had 10 points, nine rebounds. It's an exhibition game. You're working through some stuff. Not time to panic yet. They're going to figure it out. Yeah, and you know what? We might have some of those games again. I know that our struggles mainly came whenever Justin Smith got hurt last year, and we might hit a stretch like that again, whether it's in non-con, whether it's at the beginning of of conference season. But just trust that they will figure it out. We'll be just fine. And uh, and it's it's not this basketball team is not going anywhere anytime soon, and definitely, especially looking at the recruiting classes coming in. So. Well, that'll do it for episode 225 of the Hog Talk Podcast. Again, if you haven't subscribed, be sure and do that on your favorite podcast forum. For Kevin Bohannon, my name's Kyle Sutherland, and all of us here at the Hog Talk Podcast, we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.